Welcome, everybody, to Dynamite Download. Thank you guys and girls so much for coming. This is episode 18, so thank you for being a part of this journey with us. Um, We have come a long way, SPD, but we always like to start these shows off the same old way. Let's bring up that that match card, and let's get talking about this show. There's a lot going on. Um, Actually, going into this week's show, we were actually uh, chatting a little bit about it. It seemed like it wasn't as jam-packed as the last two weeks, but... Let's be real. Those last two weeks <laughs> felt like mini pay-per-views, didn't they? I mean, oh, absolutely. I mean, it was just just phenomenal cards week in and week out, and it it didn't disappoint one bit. And it's you know we talk about it every week. Any every time they release what's showing up uh, on Dynamite, it's like how do they fit it in two hours? And they sure enough did. The pacing was good on this, and they hit on all the points. I mean, we had you know five total matches, a ton of different segments, a lot of storytelling, and it was fantastic. Well, that's the thing, SPD, when you talk about it, man, um, you know, we even with this show, um, it didn't have necessarily that that big match that we were anticipating, like the last two weeks, we got to see Phoenix versus Omega first week of yep. the New Year's Bash, and then Cage versus Dar- Darby Allen. Oh, this yeah. week didn't have that that really dynamic match, other than I guess, if, if you're a diehard Inner Circle fan, um, that that main event look at you rocking it we're both rocking representative shirts today um for me i was really looking forward to the classy um birthday party that uh the 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 aw threw on for for minus one today um really they they delivered it in in a way i can't look forward to talking to you more about that the match itself was awesome Mm -hmm. uh there were a lot of high hopes and birthday wishes that uh, (laughs) the aw nation was looking for in that one but dark order and hangman adam page did defeat the chaos project in th2 so that one, if there was any doubt going into it, guys, girls, it definitely was delivered. Uh, yeah, and Cody Cody said he was going to beat pretty Peter Avalon in less than a minute, and it, lo- it was looking that way, and then we had a surprise guest, and it was a little bit longer match than we expected, but still Cody t- uh, picked up the victory over pretty Peter. Yep, yep, and, and John Moxley going into this week, I thought, you know, Moxley's match and Cody's match were the two slam dunks of the week. You knew that the, that whoever they were going to fit, you know, that that one was going to be a lopsided affair. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be honest with you that John Moxley versus Nick Camaroto match. Sorry, I butchered it, but Camaroto <laughs> match. Um, man, that was beastly. I was very surprised by it. I think all all AEW Nation was taken aback by that one. Yeah, that's a name that we're all going to be pronouncing a lot from now on, because I think we just saw just, I know he's been on dark and, you know, here and there, but, um, you know, a lot of the people on social media are just saying, give this guy a contract right away, which, you know, 
essentially I completely agree with, you know, this guy has potential and star power written all over him. And speaking of star power, we got big money, Matt Hardy with private party. This is a whole different group that we are seeing over the past 48 hours. When we saw him on, if you watched impact last night, they made a surprise entrance there and it picked up a victory and they took down top flight and Matt side out, which to me, this was probably one of the most anticipated matches I was looking forward to because I knew how high pace and high energy it was. And it was it was fantastic. And it was just paced very well and uh, told a great story all throughout and afterwards. Well, you know, and you say that, SPD, and I got to say, you know, we, we were chatting about it before the show. And now when you look at the card and you you, you look <laughs> at how Dynamite played out. I know. You know. Oh, it wasn't that big of a show this week. And then you're like, wait a second, you know. Private Party and Matt Hardy are, are buzzing right now. They have the internet wrestling community just ablaze a, a right now. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Top Flight and Matt Seidel. I can't wait to talk to you about that one. But Penelope Ford and Layla Hirsch representing the women's division on this show. And, you know, we're talking about superstars. Really, Penelope Ford just has that it factor um she really she whatever it is her entrance is great that that whole scenario went that match played out really well Layla Hirsch um I know that there's a strong following on the internet for her right now people are pushing for Layla to get a little bit more buzz going in this year and she definitely did a nice showing against Penelope for tonight Definitely. And the main event, which I don't think had enough time to really tell as much storytelling as they wanted to with six heavy hitters in the ring was, you know, the inner circle going toe to toe. And we did see the leaders, Chris Jericho and MJF, essentially take the victory to become the, the tag team of the inner circle. You so it. right back to kick things off at the show. I mean, we had a, a nice way to start it off with the celebration of negative one's birthday they had a little cake for him and all that and so you knew this was going to be a interesting match when you get the recruitment specialists plus hangman adam page and cole cabana versus uh, th2 which we unfortunately didn't get the true entrances that we love of th2 no. but um i think it was a great way to start the show um you had everyone singing happy birthday to him and you of course had john silver leading the celebration which was fantastic because him on the mic uh was just <laughs> It was just great stuff. And, you know, it was great. You know, we we're talking about this today and it was I really appreciated how JR was like, this is just, you know, this is his first birthday since losing his dad. So this is an important thing. It's just not another gimmick act that they're doing. You know, it is a special thing. And I, I can only imagine how hard it would be for, you know, negative one to go through this. And so it's been really great that all the love and support that Brody Jr. has been getting, you know, I've been seeing some of the social posts with, you know, 10, 10 is really seeming to take this big brother, you know, kind of role, it heart. seems like, yeah. um, to heart. And he's always hanging out with Brody Jr. And then you have Cody as well, taking another maybe father figure role. You know, maybe it's just going to be his full circle. You know, Brody Jr. will take care of Cody's kids down the line or something like that, you know. So it's been great. And, you know, when Luther came out, this is, I think this is the first time we've ever hear, heard him speak on TV. And he really did cut some heat and put some um, big heat on him with that promo, which you need to in this kind of situation. And I loved how the announcers were really selling the cake and like, oh, no, not the cake, not the cake. It just it reminded me of a few months or, you know, almost a year back when they were ribbing on the Dippin' Dots, which I still have that clip where they did that brawl and like, not the Dippin' not the Dots. Damn dippin dots. <laughs> yeah. so this was a definitely a touchy moment. I mean, you see here 10 with Brody Jr. on it with uh, wearing his dad's jacket. So um, it was a nice way to start the show. You know, it's obviously it's not forgotten and it's still very um delicate topic but yeah. um i guess if we dive into the match 
itself um it was it was great for me you know silver and reynolds man i can't say enough good things about them they are just so fun to watch you know uh, the the show stealer yeah, yeah, the show stealer of the match was Hangman. You know, he was on fire. You know, the, the moonsault off the top rope and just the strength he was doing. He had both Reynolds and Silver on his back. And then I loved, I was really hoping that we would see this trio go on a little run because that buckshot, lariat, uh, German suplex. That that combination. Pin, I don't even know sure. what that when is. That yeah, happened, it was awesome. You and I both were t- trying to get out tweet right before we were <laughs> trying to go at it together. It was one of those moments where, yeah, it showed chemistry. And mm-hmm. that finish was awesome to watch. It was just a beautiful yeah. thing, of, a visual, just a beautiful visual, SPD, for sure. I agree, yeah. And um, the post-match, you know, Dark Order picking up the win was a great thing. So, for me, the match was an elite. You know, it told a lot of – told uh, a great story. Um, we got to see some of my favorite performers with Hangman, Adam Page, and John Silver in the ring. And, you know, Reynolds and Silver are impressing me more and more and more. You know, you can tell they've had years of experience in chemistry with each other. And it was definitely fun to watch. You know, Um, we didn't really get too much TH2 shining again. You know, this is kind of the trend. You know, they they had a few hot spot moments like last month and then they're slowly declining, unfortunately, because, you know, we're pretty high up on TH2. We love their in-ring ability. Um, But this match was great. What, do, what did you think about the match before we talk about what happened after the match? Well, yeah, I, I, I'm, in, I'm right there with you. I think that this one wasn't elite as well. Um, you know, getting into it, I, I, I think you nailed it, SPD. This was a showcase for Hangman Adam Page. I think, you know, going into it, he was the prized recruit of the recruitment right. specialists, you know, and, um, and there's a reason why. And, I, and this was a great opportunity for Hangman to showcase really what made him a tag team champion, what made him such a special underdog um, character going again. He was the first, I mean, we go back to the first world championship match. It was him versus Jericho. Yeah. Title. So um, it just, it was, it's a great reminder. Jay Ark talked about it tonight. He had a line that I, I wrote down just because it was, it was so spot on, you know, it just looks like hangman has a new energy, a, a new focus um, and that he's ready to start a new chapter. That was a line that Jr. had during that match, mm-hmm. and it, and you could tell uh, there was a, an extra pep in his step. Um, he didn't look uh, depressed or jaded. He looked right. he and, and it, it kind of it showed in his in, in ring work. It was one of those things where he had a little extra move. Like I mean, he really was the showcase of this match. I agree. Um, one of the things that you you know you you and I talked about the uh, the other team that they were paired against TH two and Chaos Project and how they fit into this whole thing. I'm going to say uh, from an in-ring perspective, I think that TH2 still very much remains relevant in the AEW tag division. TH2, um, from my perspective as a fan, from what I see them in the ring and what they're capable of, if you put them in in a match against a team like Private Party, who's clearly AEW is tagged as a team that is on the rise, Top Flight, The Acclaimed, there's a lot of teams that that TH2's style and veteran presence would go would do really well in making strong matchups with, right? So they right. serve a role in the company. I think, unfortunately, you and I both were a little geeked about, hey, this team started looks like they have the chip on their shoulder. They look like they might be poised to make a little mini run. Mm-hmm. Um, that looks like that has been cut from underneath them, but their in-ring work still is just absolutely incredible. I mean, there was a moment when Jack Evans, SPD, 
he it was almost like a transition move. It wasn't even like that big of a moment in the match, but he he did a springboard 450 splash. I mean, Incredible. It, as a fan, you think about a four a, a 450 um, executing that off of the 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 unstable top rope. <laughs> it just and Jack makes it look smooth. He makes it look effortless. He makes it look easy, and that's yeah. why TH2, you and I are such fans of them. Is just they always have a way of getting in those big moments, even if they don't feel big. This was not a match for TH2 where the, the company needed them to be the stars, to steal the match. This was clearly about the feel-good story of the Dark Order. It was clearly about showcasing Adam Page and his integration into the Dark Order. Yet right. still, TH2 st still had moments where I, as a fan of theirs, was popping for him. Again, mm -hmm. I was just like, holy smokes, only Jack Evans would have a springboard 450 as like just a simple transition move. I, I, I digress though. Um, no, it absolutely was an elite for me. I think it, it accomplished what it needed to accomplish. Um, unfortunately, the ending, as you mentioned, SPD, really was the big thing that that is going to stand out as what we all talk about. And I think, unfortunately, we're, we're all a little bummed. We were left hoping and praying that the birthday wish was going to get um, sealed and that Adam Page was going to join the Dark Order. They sure went through a whole lot of spectacle to make this happen. And they believed it was going to be a yes, right? That was some of the most comedic best timing i've seen it was absolutely perfect it was so funny as soon as he gets down on the knee you see he said yes on that the streamers go off the dancers come out it was just like so hilarious it was laugh out loud funny and oh my gosh what better person to have lead the charge of that than john silver honestly oh gosh because, oh my well, <laughs> they really well, delivered not, with to, that. not to interrupt but it was like during this moment um I felt like John Silver was talking to Hangman like I was talking to Thunder Rosa in our, in our interview with her. I was just like, you're so great. You're so inspiring. You know, we, I was such a fan of hers. And uh, it certainly feels like it felt like in this moment, Silver was just having a, a fanboy moment for Paige, seeing potentially his dream coming true of Paige joining the Dark Order. Um, unfortunately, uh, it did not go that way. No. That said, um, that said, we did get the feel-good moment, like you just showed. We did get the feel-good moment of minus one uh, Brody's son, uh, kind of getting cutting a nice little promo at the end of, of, the, of the match before this proposal, um, where he kind of this is my birthday was three three days ago, you idiot! Like that was yeah. that was a great line. Papers, I know you were laughing at that. No, not the papers. <laughs> I mean, because that is just some great great work there i mean he's in good hands he's got a lot of yeah. you know obviously very 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 tough situation for anyone to go through but you know he seems all smiles and you know they're doing their best to really spread joy and love to to that family and it's fantastic and that just goes to show how much of an AEW is family and that's just constantly what we're hearing over and over and over again of just the love of AEW as a family and yeah. and it was great and you know Speaking of family, I mean, you, our next segment was with Sting and Darby came out, you know, he see saying how he sees a lot of himself in Darby and then yeah. team Taz, you know, our resident heels, a resident dirt ball team Taz that are just a, a wrecking ball too. 
um, comes and interrupts, which I thought it was fantastic. You know, I love Team Taz so much. You know, how say they've uh, they've originally fight a dirty, their street style. Um, and so where this is lead, you know, this is I think where we're going to get is that cinematic match that maybe Sting wants. You know, if you talk about a Team Taz oh. versus Sting and Darby Allen, you know, plus one or two people um cinematic style match i think that's the only way you can really see sting safely wrestle at this point yeah. um i think that would be smart because you can only do so much saying the same thing coming out doing the same thing um yes we all love sting and hearing tony shivani say it's Sting, but there comes a point where this this feud's got to really come to a head and and, and explode you know it, it's hot feud and i don't want it to end anytime soon um but a cinematic street fight between Team Taz, Sting, Darby Allen. I don't know who if, if Darby Allen's going to recruit some people or what. What's going to happen there? He's got to have a few more tricks under his sleeve. So well, yeah, I mean that's the thing, right? Is like I think everybody is is ready for Team Taz to step up, right? I, I think that Taz did a nice job of addressing the criticisms that his team has gotten for backing away, right? But like how these guys use weapons and they, you know, they, they take their cheap shots and stuff. So Taz has did a nice job of kind of spinning this um, so that his crew still looks tough and that they're, mm-hmm. you know, that they can all, all hold their, their heads high. Um, you know, but I, I think that the first thing that came to mind when, when this was announced basically is that, you know, this is going to be a street fight yeah. um, between team Taz Darby and, and sting I was just thinking to myself, like, man, Darby is well known over the course of his career. You think about all the creative ways that dude has brought violence into his his matches, yeah. right? I mean, the thumbtacks on the skateboard, right? The the thumbtacks in a jacket, right? Yeah. He's had so many moments where you're like, okay, this guy is an innovator of violence in his own way, shit, you know. And and so, if he has any chance of coming out on top versus in this street fight. He, he better bring it. He better start getting to the drawing board and coming up with the whole, the home alone bag of tricks because uh, <laughs> I like that because I mean, I would not want, <laughs> I would not want to be in a, in a street fight with Will Hobbs or Brian cage. I mean, I know that, that Ricky Starks has a lot of star power, man, but I'm I was sitting here on the couch watching this one. And I was like, dude, you could tell Will Hobbs. He, he was like, just, he was licking his lips with the idea of like potentially getting his hands dirty and just beating up somebody, you know, that right. dude likes it. So I, I thought this one w- was well done. I agree with you. They need to uh, take the violence to another level. They need to get Sting doing something different, break it mm-hmm. up a little bit. And the cinematic match is a great opportunity to show that SPD. Right. That's a great, that's a great point by you. You know, they haven't really done that much in AEW, And I think that that's a, a place where you can utilize Sting in a way that he, you could, t- he said it. I mean, he, he still thinks he wants to do a cinematic match or two in his yeah. career. So that's a great way. And you can only imagine, right? I, I mean, SPD, think about how artistic and unique Darby Allen has been. Oh, his um, promos have been great. He has such a unique promo style, right? So you blend, you blend all of those creative minds together. You, you know, Taz is such a veteran in the business. I have a feeling that whatever happens is going to be, a, it's going to be a, top-notch product i can't wait to see what comes out of that um you know the the one thing that has been keeping you and i awake at night wondering what's going to come out of it is this relationship between the young bucks and kenny um you know we're, we we recognize that oh, these guys as as they emphasize to 
to Don have been friends for over a decade and have really created this whole thing uh, that we love. This company, AEW, would not be in existence if it was not for this friendship and this relationship. Right. So um, to see potential fracture, you know, fracture, uh, fractures in this relationship, in this core, this foundation, it's interesting. It's definitely a lot of melodrama. And I think that Don Callis is, is loving every minute of it. Yeah, he loved it so much. He had a special commissioned oil painting done with him and Kenny Omega. <laughs> that is, uh, and it doesn't look like there weren't any underwear either. So that's pretty, pretty touching moment there. But, you know, Don really laid into the Young Bucks, man. That was, it was a very deep cut saying how he's holding Please Kenny take back. take that off the screen. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, He's go ahead. Yes. Holding Kenny back, that the Young Bucks are holding Kenny back, and you're that right. the bloodsuckers of Kenny, and he's writing some them of those, checks. I wrote some of those lines down too, man. I mean, you're right. Um, you know, getting a past the 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 humor of the oil painting, um, some of those lines from from Don were very, like deep. you said, they cut deep. Yeah, they cut deep I mean, for he, sure. I mean, he, he was talking about calling them. He was calling them hanger-ons and bloodsuckers. I mean, he. Uh, I mean, he wasn't beating around the bush. He definitely wasn't. And, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm a little like flip flop and torn. I'm like, where are they going? I'm very interested where they're going with this Young Bucks thing because, you know, Young Bucks come out and they're hitting, you know, take out some of the AEW talent to join, join the Bullet Club. And then a week later, they get, you know, slapped in the face essentially by Don and Kenny, you know, getting uh, not included in their match. And then tonight, again, we see that throughout the car, the show, you know, they, supposedly beat up Don I mean he's, he had that bruise on his face after the fact and then Kenny went on a rampage so you know they're going to be pairing up we'll talk about next week's card you know with the good brothers so where that goes to are they going to you know be on the same page or is the bullet club going to be too sweet or what you know so it's very interesting where they're going you know like are the young bucks heels are they faces what are they doing now are that now you know are they going to be you know feuding with Kenny so who knows? I'm confused. I'm very interested. I, I can't follow along. And that's what's what's nice keeping us out on the edge of their seat and, you know, wanting for more, more of this story. And so hopefully, you know, Jackson doesn't have any leg injury. Maybe this is a nice way for it to let the heel. I know there was kind of rumors of he took that, you know, uh, move from Jack Evans on the leg a little bit hard. We saw it on BT as well. Yeah. So but this is great stuff, man. They are doing such great stuff. And then at the end of the, the show, you see Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers beating up Penta and, you know, sticking his boot in his eye and then choking him. So he was, I mean, yeah. they were all over the place on tonight's card. You know, they weren't featured in the ring at all, but they were just, they really had an impact as you should as the champion and the hottest thing in wrestling right now uh, with Kenny Omega and Don Callis. Yeah, I mean, Kenny certainly oozes that star power right now. I mean, and, and I think that with, with this extra backup that he's had, that confidence, that trademark confidence has gone through the roof. Um, you know, I, I look at this whole thing with the Good Brothers, uh, the Young Bucks, and Kenny is, is really a, a morality play that's coming. It's, a, it's like a Shakespearean morality play in a lot of ways. And I see, you know, the Young Bucks – have at times wrestled with that themselves, that good and bad and what to do. And I think that um, even in that moment at the end of that show, you, you know, they were the last ones to give the, the two sweet. And you, I just feel like Don is leaning into the good brothers because they're so 
good with having Kenny be bad, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Right? Like they're, they're, they're clearly enjoy – those two clearly enjoy beating people up, not really – no real conscience uh, about who is in their war path. They have no problem throwing around their weight, and uh, and they enjoy it. They enjoy right. that, that kind of dirty, like that bad guy vibe, and they clearly feed into that with Kenny. And I think that the Young Bucks – you know, you and I talked about this even in uh, when they were showcasing that edge leading into their match with FTR. Um, the Young Bucks just don't – they're capable of being heels. Yeah. Um, but there's something about them that makes us – we're endeared to them. I think through a combination of BTE and getting to see who they are behind the scenes and, and, and all those things – I just, I have a, there's just, and their offense is obviously so fun to watch as a fan. The Young Bucks kind of feel like the good guys who are torn. And I think that they're going to be in the big picture of this. I think we're going to see Don Callis is really the invisible hand, really manipulating Kenny in a lot of ways, utilizing that relationship for his own benefit. Um, Obviously, getting impacts numbers to go up cash and checks from Tony for all those paid in advertising. Oh man. Tony um, was great. He was all, I mean, Tony, not what we can get to, we, we could spend a whole segment talking about Tony on impact and the, the role that he's had on that. Those segments have been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, his role during that main event with, with the private party was great. Um, but I, I think that that's, I think that that's what we're going to end up seeing going forward is kind of this like, morality the good the good and like the angel and the devil on kenny's shoulder and what how they impact him over the course and that's why don it's so obvious that's why don wants he wanted to pay off the young bucks for their friendship go away you know i have a feeling don is don recognizes that if anybody can help kenny break away from his influence and not be manipulated not not go off the rails it would be the young bucks right Um, and we even saw that that play out when we when we were seeing Hangman and Kenny that breakup going on and, and the Young Bucks and the role that they played in that I think for sure you know, they were they were the first ones to talk about how disappointed they were with Hangman for for being drunk and kind of being non reliable and all those things so I think that the Young Bucks are going to kind of serve as that chorus to Kenny is Hey man you're going off the rails. Um, and Don wants that blocked out. Don wants to control the scenario and the situation. So definitely going to lead to some interesting television going forward. Um, the other key member of the elite that we really don't talk about as involved in this storyline is Cody. And yeah. Cody is Cody is one of the OG members of, of this crew. And it, it seems like, I guess, thank God Cody's not involved in this uh this feud because Cody's got a whole, he's always had a long list of challengers and people who will want to step to him um, from day one. Uh, and that's no different now going into 2021. I mean, Cody has so many pots on the stove, as I continue to say, he just has he so does. many things going on. And tonight was another example where, you know, that all that stuff going on in his, uh, like in his periphery came back to haunt him. And Jade really, Jade Cargill made it made her presence known in this match against Peter Avalon. Pretty Peter. Avalon. He definitely did. She definitely did. I mean, uh, before he gets that that new shirt by Cody Rhodes is pretty sweet. It's pretty badass. I like that. Uh, kind of like a crest style. Um, you know, what really caught my ear was when they said that Cody's gained 19 pounds of muscle in the first three weeks of this year, which 
is pretty much physically impossible. So I don't know where they're getting their fact checks. And so as a guy who works out pretty frequently, I don't think it'd be you're checking that on. It'd be pretty impossible, pretty tough to get 19 pounds. He does look in great shape and he does look, he has, I did think that before they announced that, that he looks bigger and bigger every week we see him. So yeah. he's, you know, he's training right and, he, and diet is doing right. Um, but, you know, he promised to beat P- pretty Peter Avalon in less than a minute. And he was going to do that until Jade comes out as distraction. I love that they're furthering the storyline yep. and she looked like an absolute beast. She oh doesn't my look gosh. like a human being. I mean, she does not look like, I mean, it's, it's, the, the six pack on her that the, her abs she looks like she's carved out a rock dude it's yeah ridiculous. she i really hope that she I, I mean she has to be in great hands with you know training and wrestling and you know coaches you know with with the Rhodes family and, and you know everyone at the nightmare academy i'm sure she's just getting some nice reps in but um i can't wait for her to get in the ring and see what kind of tear she goes on and and you know maybe she'll win that uh women's tournament i don't know you know the women's division is looking up you know you t- we, we'll talk about it later on in more depth but um for a division that was really hurt badly with with the covid it's really starting to turn, make a turn for that. But uh, we'll get to that later. But, you know, this match itself. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I tweeted it out on our, on our social that Cody can't, can have a good match with anybody. But this match went a little bit too long. Uh, it went a little bit too long for me, even though there was a commercial. Um, I'm all for uplifting new talent and all that. But I don't think there. This was the time or the place for the pretty Peter Avalon match. Um, uh, what I did think was hilarious, though, was the finish. You know, yeah, they executed uh, that really well. I thought, you know, they really play. He's really lived up to his being pretty Peter Avalon and dark and different all these segments, and the fact that he tapped out because he didn't want to get slapped in the face was. <laughs> I mean, that's purely original. Great storytelling, great character work. I think that was hilarious. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, great character work. So I thought that part was great. But, you know, it's really, really unfortunate. But, you know, a Cody Rose match is getting deleted out of me. And that I thought I'd never see the day. And unfortunately, it is. What about yeah. you? Yeah, um, this is a delete for me, too. I felt like, um, you know... I've I've mentioned it being honest. I do think that Cody sometimes falls into the trap of being good guy Cody and and having these matches that turn into marathon matches with right. talent that you know again, I love you and I talk about this like giving back to others is a big mm-hmm. it's it's a great thing to have. I don't want to criticize anybody Right. I mean, Cody could easily go into a match with countless of the names that he's fought over the course of his tenure in AW and squash them, so to speak, right? But the right. majority of his matches are making his opponents look good, making like letting them get their offense in, making, you know, selling for them and putting them over and that's a um, huge skill in and itself, right? Yeah. There. I mean and and there's no denying all of Cody Cody's matches just like his brother, it's in their blood. All other matches tell a story. Mm-hmm. All other matches get you pulled in from an emotional standpoint as a fan. Even this one, it was hilarious to me because I was la- I was sitting there laughing because it's like Cody going into this match. There's a no doubt he's beating Peter Avalon. It's the most lopsided match on AEW Dynamite in a long time, and yet there was moments in this match where he's playing the underdog role against Peter Avalon, especially yeah. like we just talked about. 
he put on all this muscle. He looks like he looks jacked out of the out of his mind. And he and there yeah. were moments in this match where you really were like, Cody's the underdog. He was fighting from underneath. It took a, a, a kick to the nuts, but and then obviously Peter kept going, working at the knees and working at the knees, and you, you start feeling sympathy for Cody, even though he's <laughs> clearly the 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 favorite in this it's wild to see how he's able to manipulate the emotions i think i i agree that said you know that said the reason why it gets a delete out of me was is because you know we talked about it just it it did go on a little long i felt Mm -hmm. like the match you know went through a commercial break It, it, it obviously it was a nice swerve to not go the 60 seconds not beat that it definitely proved its point right jade her distraction, her role in the match made Cody come up short on his guarantee. Right. They could have achieved that and made Peter look good and probably shaved several minutes off the match and, and it would have been a, a better outcome in the end. I, I felt like it was it, it was spread too thin. Right. You can't Unfortunately. And, and my struggle with that, right, is when you str- when when you're presented as one of the top guys and you you struggle consistently to put away guys that are more mainstays on dark. Yes, it does make them look good, but it also cheapens those big matches with big name talents where you still go through that struggle too. You know what I mean? Um, And that's where I struggled with FTR last week when, when we saw FTR really struggled to put away Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt. And you and I talked about that at length was, you know, save FTR's struggle for when they go against Jurassic Express, when they go against right. the real deal, the heavy hitter, right? But exactly. save that struggle for that moment. That was our main critique last week was it just like, man, they were really, I mean, there were moments when Marco had a two count on Dax last week. And so, I think that there was some pride on the line there as an FTR fan. I mean, I love seeing Dax and, and Cash still kind of have that edge. And it was nice seeing Dax oh, do they ever. fired up. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, they were fired up in this segment. It was great. You know, it was an unexpected segment. And it was very, 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 very much needed after um, last week. And, you know, we – you know, staying true to our principles, you know, uplifting the product and others and trying to, you know, be positive. And we're not critiquing other, you know, low blowing anybody, you know, Marco Stunt, I said last week is doing the best with what he's got. And he has, he has gave me a lot of wow moments. And for someone, you know, half my size doing stuff I could never do and yeah. doing it entertainingly. And he's, he can do the floss really well too. Props to him. You know, I, I, I practice the floss. I'm not as fluent as Great that. Singer too. <laughs> but all in all, yeah. this follow-up by FTR, you know, I am already forgetting about that match. Uh, and I, the way FTR is laying down that, that promo and you're throwing the glass at the end. Looking they came like, hard tonight. Like badasses in the bar with their jackets on. I'm, you know, Back on the train, baby. They're they're back on the you know they're back conducting the train. Full you know I'm smiling, brother. You know I'm happy because they 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 re- quickly reestablished their edge tonight. You said it sure. real well. They had that. They had the look. Cash was even messing with with you know Jungle Jack, kind of giving them a little noogie <laughs> kind of vibe. You know mm-hmm. they, you could tell that they they kind of had that edge, that fire back, and that's exactly what we needed to see out of FTR. It's Absolutely. certainly. I know you're a Luchasaurus fan too, man. 
huge seeing seeing ft ftr kind of pushing their weight around a little bit getting a little chippy getting a little angry luchasaurus made it very clear he's going to be ringside <laughs> dax and, and jack go love it. head to head and he's going to make sure nothing happens and having luchasaurus kind of play that that uh, enforcer that sort of that bodyguard role for jack um it's a great idea if you want to feature Jack in a kind of a more single, I know that AWC is very high ceiling in Jack Perry um, jungle boy. Mm-hmm. That's another opportunity too, where, you know, in a, in a match like this, you can break it off and showcase really Jack, Jack Perry, jungle, Jack Perry's skill set, his, his, you know, what he's capable of above and beyond. And I right. think that they really are going to do that when these two go head to head. I think that, that Dax is enough of a pro. Um, he knows, man. Dax knows where his bread is buttered. Dax knows, man. This dude is this dude is a part of a very special, very special tag team in mm-hmm. a very special tag team division. I think that he recognized FTR's place. You and I talked about it. Yeah, I was a little bummed out as a fan last week, but dude, their place is locked. They're locked and loaded. They're not going anywhere. They're always going to be in that top five. Yeah. They're just that consistent. Um, so I think that Dax, as a pro, you're going to see him work hard to make sure that Jungle Boy shines in that match. I think that that's going to be a real showcase. If you're a Jungle Boy fan, yes. I have a feeling you're going to want to watch that match. I think that he's going to really work hard to put Jungle Boy over and showcase what that kid's capable of. I, I, I'm excited about that one. I think that's going to be one of the low-key like work rate-wise – that match is going to be killer. I agree. And a, a killer cool. unexpected match was when we saw John Moxley back in action. You know, the biggest yeah. question was, who is he going to be? I thought it was going to be like, you know, a squash match and kind of, you know, just, just to get his bearings, you know, because the announcer said that he has not fought since December 12th. And, you know, we're looking on the calendar right now, and that's almost two months from that. Yeah. And, you know, Nick Camarado is a name that, like we said earlier, is one we won't forget now. You know, he came out with a vengeance. This guy um, really surprised me. You know, I've seen photos of him. You know, I haven't watched, gotten too depth of any of his matches on Dark. Um, you know, this is a surprising stat, singles record 0-2 on Dark. So I think he went against, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe like Luchasaurus or something. But this guy's got an awesome look. He's huge. He can bench press 600 pounds. Holy I don't know if you caught that. 600 pounds maybe I've maxed out half that maybe. And I I've, I've been training for a while, but I mean, this guy's 600 huge pounds, 600 pounds bench press. Um, you know, so I'm really glad it wasn't a squash match and it really, you know, for a while I was, I was uh, questioning this book and I'm like, why is, you know, who is this guy kind of taking on Moxley and he's uh, taking him on pretty good. And and the announcers did a good job. How you know the there was an open challenge essentially. No one took the challenge except this guy signing the contract. Um, but it was a nice a nice squash, you know, maybe or a nice match overall. So maybe down the line, if Moxley needs backup, he can recruit this guy. Mm. You know, I think that would be cool to him to have kind of join a force. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't we don't know if Nick is playing more of the heel or the face look, but he looked pretty great. And um, I think his social media and his name's going to be circulating the internet the next you know few days for sure yeah i i don't know about you that that was my first reaction was like when i saw this dude i was like i know i'm not the only one who's scrambling typing in nick Cam- nick camaroto i'm trying yeah. to find on i want to follow this dude because i think that this guy clearly has a bright future um just when you see you know and again 
you just talked about it with Marco in the last segment with, with FTR, you know, you can't control your size to a certain extent, right? There's, you mm-hmm. have certain things that aren't, aren't in your control, but when you see a guy like this on screen, wrestling is a visual business. I mean, there, there's no denying it always has been. It's a, it's a, it is a visual business. And man, you see a dude like this on screen, he commands your, your vision as a viewer, man, that he commands your respect. You're like, all right, I might not know anything about this guy, but man, this dude looks legit. Like, I don't want to get in a fight with a guy like this. I mean, just a big, just tough looking son of a gun, right? He just has that, like, this seems like a type of guy that Jim Ross, you know, would have been talking about slobber knockers. You know, this is, this is his kind of guy, his type of wrestler, you know, doc, like kind of has those Dr. Death, Steve Williams vibes to him. Just like, just that like badass vibe to him he's got like that caveman look man i, I don't know like the caveman and tarzan combined in one or something dude was and, and here's the thing going into the match like you and i talked about it um mox was presented in a way of like being a very frustrated former champion right has gone through a lot uh with kenny especially and the the back and forth that he's had with omega you know the frustration, the beatdown that they he got at the hands of the Good Brothers and Kenny, yep. you know, he's presented in a way where, oh man, this is a, a bulldog who's going to get let off the chain and he's going to tear into whoever is going to be in the ring with him. And, and to your point, Big Nick, man, that dude took everything that Moxley could throw at him and was given plenty back. So absolutely, I felt like that this was a surprise match more so than the Cody versus Peter Avalon match. This was a really good surprise that it went longer and was more competitive than we could have thought as fans. I was very impressed with this one. I was very impressed as well. Um, The only knock that I have, if I have to give one is uh, the finish, you know, I don't, I guess, you know, it's kind of like trying to slay the giant, you know, we just watched, um, the princess bride last night with Andre the giant in there and he got taken down by like a sleeper hold essentially. Yeah. And so that's kind of this, it reminded me exactly like this, like this bigger giant guy getting taken down with a choke out or a sleeper hold essentially. Um, I'm not a huge fan of that finish. Uh, that being said, it kind of, it did make sense in a way because, you know, doing the paradigm shift on a bigger guy like that could be challenging. So it does show maybe it, I think it's a stronger, it saves Nick doing that finish versus let's say like an arm bar finish or he taps out or, or something like that. So, yep. you know, he didn't tap out. He passed out essentially. He right. Out. So it, it saved him in a way. So it, that way I get it. But overall, if you're looking at it on paper, like, Oh, he choked him out and finished it with someone like Moxley. I think it would have been a better finish, but they worked, but the promo the, is great afterwards. Yeah. I think it's a good point by you that finish. Um, I will. I mean, like, I know that they're definitely leaning more into Moxley being like that, you know, that the MMA true badass vibe. And I, and you know, the bulldog choke was integrated in more into his, into his repertoire. And I think mm-hmm. that they're going to do more and more of that going forward with his, his fighting style. I think he's going to lean more into some of those chokes and submissions and things like that. Um, but you you brought up his post match promo, and and I want you to dive into that. There there was a lot that Moxley had in store for us as AEW fans. Definitely delivered some bombshells as far as what he has in store for us, and I think it led to 
beach brawls, beach breaks main event, right? Yeah, I mean, we didn't really know what was going to happen. You know, before we get into that promo, I guess it's an elite from me, and I'm sure it's an elite from you on yep. this match for sure. Yep, uh, for sure. Unanimous on that. You know, the uh, promo, which you knew was kind of going to be coming, which was great. You know, he really, really cut into it. And um, I tweeted it out and how he's saying all roads lead through me, whether you're in Nashville or here and there. And it was an awesome promo. We've talked about this time and time again, how smooth he is on the mic and, and how powerful he is and how he is great to, to build any match. And it was a nice surprise announcement. I know we've been preaching to the universe, to main event Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker at Beach Break, you know, to finally give the women a main event spot. But if they couldn't get it, this is a perfect one to have. I mean, you can't, the the star power of those six guys, Moxley and the Lucha Brothers, which Lucha Brothers is my favorite tag team. And Kenny Omega is my favorite wrestler. It's going to be Moxley, Phoenix, and Pac. It's because Penta was, Penta was injured. Oh, I missed that. It's going to be Moxley, Phoenix, oh, and Pac, dude. I'm sorry. Like, wow. No, dude. No. For me, like, and you wow, know. Wow, I missed that's, that. That's the only cushion for me because, you know, I was – I'm still so – I feel like my heart is into this this feud with Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. There's no replacing weeks upon weeks upon weeks of, of build and intensity and fire. Um, that feud, to me – I still believe that's the feud of AW and that definitely deserves to be a focal point. And I feel a breakthrough match for the women's division. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that this was billed as a co-main event, but I mean, dude, I, I can't even argue when you show that graphic, when you see John Moxley, Pac, who again, that's where I'm like, all right, man, I got Pac, Kenny Omega, John Moxley, Phoenix. You got all these guys in the same ring. That is a lot of star power, brother. And, and they're not pulling any punches for, for beach break. This is going to be wow. one of those matches where you're just like, damn, man. Like, I mean, the fact that Moxley, you know, in this, you know, he talks about everything, all roads going through him, you know, Kenny and the good brothers are asserting their dominance and they're really trying to prove that they're the alpha males of the wrestling world. And this is where I think Moxley's statement comes into play where, you know, I'm not, I'm not sitting back on the sidelines while you guys run around, you know, Kenny running around in his fancy purple shirts and, you know, I'm not going to sit on my, on the sidelines and just let you guys run the show and run them up. If you think that you're going to be the top dogs, prove it to me. Right. And that's where Moxley's promo really, I think ties into this match. Seeing Mox with Phoenix and Pac on the same team, brother. I mean, I sorry, I missed that. I missed that detail, and I, I didn't mean to. But I, I'm wow, right? I mean, that's gonna be a match for the. I mean, that you know. I don't care if Kenny Omega has the Andre the Giant clones as his tag team match. No one should beat Moxley, Ray Phoenix, and Pac. There's no. That's three, the hard part, right? You got no three. You got the guys that champ- can beat them. Dude, you we have like you have the world champion and the impact tag team champions going against honestly Moxley, the former world champ, Pac, who has pushed he's really 
they've talked about it. I'll, I'll be more than happy to remind you. One of the only men in, in all of AEW who have actually pinned Kenny Omega, right? And then you have Phoenix, who we just witnessed a couple weeks ago, gave us one of the most epic – you talked about it. as you, They already set the bar as the match of the year. Yeah. Phoenix versus Omega set the bar for match of the year for 2021 already. So you have that team versus – the. I mean, SPD, it's going to be a match for the ages. That's going to be quite a main event. So – it definitely goes from me being a little bummed out that our that dynamite download we've been really campaigning we really do believe that that Britt baker thunder rosa match is going to be a special one but i couldn't complain i'm just like man this no. is a glut of riches man these guys have so much talent on the roster and this main event is going to be an absolute barn burner for sure and speaking of barn burners and Woo! two beasts Eddie Kingston, I mean, like we said, if you just cycle these seven guys through matches, I'll be happy for the next year. Yep. (laughs) And we just saw Eddie Kingston and Pac go head-to-head, and that was a fantastic match. Now we have our boy Lance Archer, uh, which we're huge fans of, huge supporter of. The Murder Hawk is going to go face-to-face with Eddie Kingston finally. And how he said, Pac, beat your ass, and I'm going to put your ass down. Uh, which is great and powerful and you know eddie eddie was still trying to chat uh you know flap his gums a little bit but he shut up pretty quick after that and then you see you know jake the snake cut you know cut a little mini promo um it's nice to see him but i don't know if if he looked kind of uh Maybe he was overheating a little or something, but I don't know, man. It's it's he, whenever he talks, it's always powerful as well, man. Just that raspy voice, you know. It's His just like alone. just this evil voice. It's so oh, this is a great picture of them going face to face. And you know, I've I've you've seen him as well, Jake the Snake, a person. He's a big man. He's a big tall Kingston, guy. Yeah, you could tell Kingston liked this moment, though. You could tell like he like interacting with Jake kind of. He was going to yap back a little bit during Jake, and he just kind of stepped back. I think <laughs> he bit his lip and let Jake let, let yep. Jake have the, the show. I thought that was a cool moment. Um, I, I really like – like you talked about, SPD. Like, you could just cycle. You could just cycle these, these matches. This feud has so much, like, potential to it. And I think, that too, one of the things that I really came away with from this, this moment with, with Archer is – Man, he has been low-key cutting some of the most, like, intelligent. Um, I mean, you look at him, he's a murder hawk monster and all these things. Yeah. But you follow him on social media and you follow what he's been doing on Dark. And now that he's gotten his chances on Dynamite, dude, this dude is cutting some intelligent, powerful promos for a big fella, man. Like, the ashes to ashes, dust to dust. I mean, he was really laying into Kingston that, like, it's real simple, brother. Everybody dies. It's it's the mantra. You're 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 on my radar, brother, and I'm not gonna stop until I put you down. That's it right. Was a very it was a very uh, strong promo by Archer. Intense beyond belief. You know, it, it started off with Kingston. You know, who is typically a show stealer when it comes to being on the mic. It started off with him kind of just kind of saying like, "Man, I don't do strategy. I just fight." <laughs> and before you know it, Archer storms on the scene. And I feel like Archer really, as he's been doing for several weeks now, felt like Archer stole the, the scene. Like he stole the scene. When he, when he merges on, on the scene, he just, he has something about him, his presence, the size, 
the you could tell he's got some confidence in him again with like they're, they're showcasing him more. Um, I like what I like what we're seeing out of the Murder Hawk. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, we've we've been fans of him, you know, as soon as ever since that uh, TNT tournament, and I had him pick to be winning that or winning that versus Cody in the finals too. Uh, but it is nice to see, like we talked about a little over a month ago, the resurgence of him, you know, really go on a tear. And this is just a perfect pairing is a perfect placement and perfect timing. And, you know, sometimes the stars have to align to really shine. And and he is, he's taking his moment and really shining and running with it. And we are huge fans of it. Well said, absolutely. Well said. Um, Speaking of shining. No, I was going to say, you know, whose star has been shining more this week um then then hardy party i mean these oh my kings, gosh these kings are really i mean we, we were talking about it all throughout impact uh on tuesday as soon as matt hardy made the announcement that he was going to be on the show with hardy party we were like we, we were we were shocked we're seeing the AEW versus impact war starting to really play out and now you see private party the AEW. uh tag team that really started out getting a shot against and beating the young bucks now really rising up to this status that they're in now as the as we saw tonight hey don't forget about where we came from don't forget about who we are i think Mm -hmm. that that's something that man i touched on this weeks ago top flight the acclaimed you got a lot of young teams man that you you see are getting buzz about them and people were starting to sleep on and forget private party. And like, it's mm-hmm. like, don't forget private party was the original hot young tag team in a W. And I think Truth. that, I think that Matt Hardy's uh, carny big money, Matt ego here, he's starting to rub off on these guys. And as we saw tonight, they fully bought in and they are, uh, they're officially, they're officially in on the Matt Hardy bandwagon as far as his leadership and his counsel. I think that he's told them basically win at all costs. Yep. And we saw that Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Keen, they had a little glimmer in their eye. I think they're starting to enjoy the, the, the newfound success that this edge has brought them. It's, it's amazing. I love what they're doing. I love what Matt Hardy has been doing. The truth is the truth. He big money for a reason. He is he is on his game right now more than ever uh, since he came to AEW. And, you know, I loved how the announcers said that these are the teams of the future. And they're like, no, it's the teams of the present. And you made a great point. You know, Private Party, you know, was one of the first teams in AEW. And they really uh, impressed me and took the division by storm. And then you just kind of yep. fell flat. And then this humongous resurgence well, with, with, with Matt Hardy has really paid off dividends and I don't, we're not even close to the peak of it. And I think, you know, with the BTE stuff and last night with impact, you know, if you would have asked me what, what trio would you want to invade and kind of make an impact on impact? I wouldn't have picked this. I I don't think I would have. And having it happen, it really worked really well. And Matt Hardy's promo on impact was phenomenal. Um, And the fact that they're, you know, they're winning at all costs and, you know, this, this match. And then at the end, you know, private party pretty much fully turning heel and eating into it with the oh, chair. Yeah. 
and just their face and then their aftermatch beatdown was just oh it was so great it was so great and you could see glimmers isaiah in particular man like you could see glimmers in his eye at different points in this match where he was like it was starting to click for him and he was really leaning into like especially i noticed when it was a picture in picture moment and I, we usually hate those here at dynamite download but <laughs> it was a picture in picture moment where he was just driving the elbows in just driving elbows in and you he was looking at the camera and you could see the smirk on his face <laughs> I got. I, I really believe that these two kids are gonna enjoy this little run they're gonna have as heels. I think that they're, like, they they kind of have that that natural swagger to them. They kind of mm-hmm. already they have that inherent in them. Mm-hmm. All they gotta do is lean into it that much more and be unapologetically about themselves. Got that ego going on. I love it, and I think that Top Flight is such a natural foil to them as far as the 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 good guys to it because they are they're young kids they're easy to root for their offense every time we see them man i mean like it it's one of it's one of those rare moments where i feel like anybody who's watched a top flight match i haven't found anybody who's a critic of them like usually everybody's so fast to criticize there's so many polarizing characters across the board Mm -hmm. man i don't know anybody who doesn't see that top flight is legit like top flight has it their chemistry together is on point they feel so polished and so smooth in the ring um i agree they're such they're such great natural baby faces to pair against this new private this heel turn of private party i think and their their in-ring styles i mean spd we saw it tonight top i was so geeked out about top flight and matt seidel being paired together because of how what they're capable of oh we saw like their offense was so like it was so fast and just pedal to the metal um i was excited about that but i i was also really looking forward to seeing how top flight and private party work together and they did not disappoint it was a phenomenal pairing i think it was a phenomenal pairing too and i think it's not i hope and think it's not the end of that kind of feud and like we talked about before you know top flight's a, a nice team that you want to root for that can really go toe-to-toe with some some great teams like up and coming like the acclaimed you got private party you can even um throw in a match with ftr it would still be fun to watch them um they really do impress me they're like so innovative you know the standing spanish fly move to me is so impressive like i don't know like i can't even follow it it's so cool um but sidel really helped a young team like carry the match um, mm-hmm. you know, there was some points that were getting a little, um, I don't want to hate to use the word sloppy, but it just, it seemed like almost they were a little like, too excited to be, to be going on right now. Pacing, the pacing so very Matt Seidel really helped, helped, you know, reel everything in and keep things running smoothly. Um, he's a great seller. Uh, Matt Seidel is, he's an outstanding seller. That front flip Hurricane Rana by top flight was outstanding too. I'm like, gosh, man. And then the finish. That shooting star press, I don't know if I've seen one get higher, you know, off that top rope. The ups oh, that he hit, yeah. Marquine has, yeah. I, just, I want to see it in person. Like, he's got to be like 15, 20 feet in the air off, when he does off that. The, yeah, yeah, off the mat. The ups yeah, he has. Off the ground, yeah. It's like he shot out of a cannon. Um, 
and that, but overall, I mean, this was one of the matches that I kept tweeting out. This could be a show stealing match. I was definitely an elite, uh, high pace, high energy, as expected, delivered on everything, told an outstanding story, furthered it even more than I expected after this and props. Yeah. There's no doubt that this one's an elite. You, you look at from the in-ring perspective. Yes. There were moments SPD where the pacing was so fast that it felt like some of the moves were spread a little thin and that they were having a hard time keeping up at it. But <clears throat> the overall feeling that I got as a fan leaving this match um, and as a wrestling, just as a wrestling critic, whatever, um, just that, that athleticism, that pairing that felt like it would, it just felt like a natural fit peanut butter right. and jelly. It felt like that <laughs> gin and juice, gin and juice, brother, <laughs> private party and top flight. It felt like it was going to be a home run and in, it, it, it worked to perfection. I was going into that match thinking it was going to be great and it was better than I could have hoped for from an in-ring perspective only. Yep. And then beyond that, the story that like, that we got to see, the continuation of the turn of Private Party, mm-hmm. they went all in tonight. There's no doubt. The chair shots, the beat down, um, they are officially – bad guys and um i think Big money matt be, leading the charge baby it's gonna be fun to see where money take money matt takes them man and on all the things that he's gonna have them do going forward i'm really excited about that me too and and bonds you know told us this was his biggest moment of the night was the private party here turn he'll turn so let's take a listen from bonds real quick hey everybody Bonds here with my biggest moment of the week. And while Chuck Taylor almost took it home with his fantastic butler outfit that he wore to the ring tonight, I have to give it to Private Party. And it's because the last couple of weeks have been so interesting for these guys. Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy have defied Matt Hardy in almost every single instance that he's given them to show their support for his leadership. And tonight they just went full heel and it was great. They're no longer on the cusp of good guys or bad guys. They're not ambiguous anymore. These guys are heels. These guys are bad guys. And they are following Matt Hardy through whatever journey he's going to take them on. And I'm willing to watch that because tonight they were all on the same page and it was so interesting. And I think it was probably the best match overall of the night that they were involved in tonight with Top Flight and Matt Seidel. So they really earned this because that match was great and their behavior in that match was so interesting. Mark Quinn, you could see him make a little smirk towards the end of the match where you could just tell him he's enjoying being a heel. He's enjoying this stuff that they're doing to to Top Flight and Seidel. And that was great. So guys, I want to hear your thoughts on my pick for biggest moment of the night. And uh, man, this is just going to be a crazy one for these guys in the long run, I think. I mean, Bonds, I mean, we didn't hear that until now for the first time. And yeah, we should have played that first because he's really echoing a lot of things we had. You talked about you both caught on to the smirk and, you know, I missed that. I'm going to have to go back and watch that. And I couldn't agree more, you know, them just eating into this. It's it's going to be amazing stuff going forward. Yeah, I, I, I think that Bonds' biggest moment needs to be featured as far as like what our commentary was on this one, because he nailed it. Everything that he said was spot on. We can't can't emphasize everything that he said enough. But he did mention in that biggest moment uh, that that Chuck Taylor was almost his uh, his biggest moment of the week. And I think that that's very fitting because um, Charles Taylor was quite hilarious as a butler. I thought this was um, in some ways – it, it, it almost stole the spotlight from the Layla Hirsch Penelope Ford match because there were so many antics going on 
Right. Um, you know, you had Charles uh, who had to, he cheated on the behalf of uh, yeah. Penelope. Um, certainly you had a lot of moments where Kip Sabian was playing. I, I was just when I started to get a little like, man, Kip, Kip's, Kip's got to go. As soon as I started thinking like that, that dude brought it out tonight. He was so, he was running his mouth off, yapping like a little puppy dog. The dude was definitely like, um, I felt like leaning into his greatest character traits, which is being like obnoxious over the top, kind of like uh, the, the hate, the heel that you want to punch in the face. Yep. Um, I thought that, that that whole story was played out very, very well with the backdrop being Penelope Ford and Layla Hirsch having a pretty intensely fought women's match. Um, jump in, SPD. What, what were your thoughts as far as the match itself and sort of the context of, in which what we saw going on? That was a, a, a real theme that we saw throughout most of these matches tonight was that the match itself served as a – a base for a bigger story. We talk about Cody and getting, and that was more about the Jade moment. We talk, we talk about, about a little bit about earlier with um, Seidel and Top Flight. That really served as private parties cement, you know, cementing their heel turn. This was a big moment beyond that. Go ahead and jump in. Yeah, I, it was a props to AEW for getting a nice audible match filled in here and really tell a more in-depth story. I mean, yes, we were going to hear from Miro and his butler um, during this at some point, but they really did a nice job tying all one segment in together, uh, you know, with Nyla Rose going down. But the the match itself, before we talk about everything, you know, once again, man, picture in picture really sucks the air out of any momentum. Uh, the start of the match wasn't as strong as I was hoped for. It was kind of just slow. I mean, they talked about uh, the announcers did a good job building it up, but you know, anytime we see Penelope in the ring, she really does impress. And I think um, we've said it before that she should be one of the, like the main core of the division because she really like, she's stronger in the ring than Kip. In my opinion, she's more entertaining. She's more agile. She's got more, uh, you know, repertoire. Uh, but this, you know, we've seen legit Layla Hirsch in the past and she has impressed looking strong, you know, for her size, she's really is a, a nice addition to the division. And when she went off the top rope, uh, that really surprised me. I did not expect to see that for someone who's really a ground and pound type of person. Yes. Uh, so to see that was awesome. And then the, the Butler goes down commentary was pretty, <laughs> pretty funny, but in true heel fashion, um, yes, you had to have the Butler and Kip and kind of play this to, to really solidify these guys being this group being like dirt balls, but, yes. uh, the, the post promo, um, really did a great job. And, uh, Miro is, you know, so good on the mic at being a bad guy and so hated. And, um, it was, you know, a good tie in the match itself though. You know, I, I'm going to give it a delete, but the overall segment, I would give it an elite, you know, mm. overall combined segment. So if, if I was just judging the match alone, I don't think it was an, a strong enough match, strong enough storytelling to give it an elite in my opinion. But if you tie in um, the shenanigans with Kip and the Butler and then the post promo and all that, I think that was an elite segment. Um, it didn't seem too cheesy. And then you show Orange Cassie in the crowd. And so that, that kind of gives you, more breadcrumbs to what's what's the, the future to hold so segment elite match elite yeah I, I i 
can respect that take. You know, I, I don't typically we can give each other a hard time if we give a soft delete or so whatever, but yeah. I can respect that take. I think that these were two very different um, commodities in that regard. I, mm -hmm. I think, especially when you talk about, you know, how they could have booked this, you know, going into it, they really just talked about it was going to be an update from Miro and, and, yep. and, and the Butler scenario. Um, <laughs> and, and instead of just having another backstage segment, which um, I'm glad they didn't. Yes. Right. We got to see Miro out there. We got to see him in the flesh. We got to see, you know, the shenanigans in the ring. Um, I, I really liked how they played this. I felt like uh, Miro's post-match promo, like you talked about, I mean, just him calling just Charles, Charles, Charles. <laughs> he had me cracking up throughout his whole promo. I mean, he was really like leaning into making, you know, not just Ch Chuck Taylor's life miserable through this scenario, but dividing his friendships and making like pushing Orange Cassidy away and like just really rubbing the best friends. You know, you think about what ever since the best friends have gotten involved with Miro and crossed him, Trent's on the shelf. Chuck Taylor is now Charles Taylor, the butler. Orange Cassidy's all by himself. And, and so That's Miro true. really you think comes of it like out. That. Miro comes out looking, I know a lot of people have criticized what Miro, you know, how they've been using Miro and all that stuff. Think about the impact he's had on one of the hottest overall commodities that AEW has. It's a good His point. impact alone, you think about Santana and Ortiz couldn't break the best friends. The inner circle couldn't do it, right? Mm -hmm. But Miro alone has really caused this group to fall apart very quickly. So I think that, that gave Miro a lot of shine. Like I talked about, Kip Sabian, this is exactly how they need to use him. Um, just being like a just a jerk, a, a obnoxious twerp on the outside. The guy you want to see get punched in the face. He did a great job at that. And and getting to so I can say I agree. The overall segment, elite. Um the match itself, this was I was excited about it. Um, mm -hmm. but I agree. I will give the match itself a delete. I think now that you paved the path that this is an acceptable answer, SPD, I'm going to copy <laughs> so. you. And I, I think that the match, here's my thing. Going into the match, I was really excited about it because I feel like Layla Hirsch, legit Layla, for her, for her offense is very much my kind of wrestling. I like, I like the suplexes. I like submission. I like that ground and pound. Yeah. I FTR like our style. Yeah. I like that. Like, yeah. FTR style. I like that kind of when it feels real, when it feels like they're in it to, to win it. Like, right. I like Serena Deeb for that reason. I like Pac for that reason. Just the intensity. Right. Yep. And, and I feel like Layla brings that to a lot of her matches, but it didn't feel that way tonight. I just didn't, this was not a signature match for Layla this evening um I don't yeah know I wanted was... more suplex suplex city you know I don't want to go into that but she could go on like that rant you know that's why it, it lost me kind of early because just like the rolling around yes the, the groundwork is fine but it didn't seem really polished in the sense of that we know her capability of I agree I so. agree what it wasn't it wasn't as definitive of a showing for Layla as what we've seen she and better... quite honestly I don't know how Penelope seemed to struggle with that kind of offense. I mean, right. like for her, you know, you and I, we've talked a lot about Penelope. And like you said, I feel like Penelope Ford has a certain star power about her that you just can't deny. She has that, that charisma. Yeah. And 
her offense tends to be the best when you see her best showings. It tends to be a little bit more high flying, a little yep. bit more fast paced. Great hurricane runners she can do, and one yep. of my favorite hurricane runners in wrestling. It's very um, impressive. It, it just her. I feel like this was a real clash of styles for for Penelope, and it didn't. It just didn't gel. These two didn't gel very well, and, and that's why I give the match itself a delete. There's no, there's no excuses though why the main event these guys couldn't gel together because they're all friends. Um, mm-hmm. You have to see the inner circle uh, go at each other, and and it was really a breakdown between what we see is the core group, you know, Santana and Ortiz, taking on two really teams that have come together recently. Um, we got Sammy Hagar, which which was great seeing Sammy Hagar uh, having a little pre-match segment there, little promo. Yeah, which, that was pretty fun to add that, that in. That was cool for those kids who don't know who Sammy Hagar is. You know, yeah, that was kind of uh, cool. You know, but we before before we got into the match, we had two separate backstage promos, and you know, MJF of course just being just pure gold on the mic and just so smooth when he speaks. You know, talking about. Uh, a rat orgy in a microwave or something, Alex Marvez's breath. And I was just like, who, how do you think of this? Yeah. <laughs> this, gross. Yeah, oh my but, gosh. And then yeah. I love the fact that, you know, the constant uh, running on thin ice between Sammy and MJF, you know, we're not there yet. We're the fist pound. So, uh, and the announcers agreed too. So that was really great. And, you let's know, touch the, on that. Yeah. Let's yeah. Touch on that really quick, just because like, you know, this is one of those moments where, again, we've talked about it the MJF giving the speech to Hager. Mm -hmm. Um, This was another example where I feel like he's planting these seeds of dissent against Jericho. I don't know how Mm. you're, if you're on board with this or not, but it feels like, you know, even in this moment where he said, you know, guys, if it were up to me, I don't, we wouldn't even be having this match, but Jericho is our leader and we got to go and we're going to do what he has to say. And and like (laughs) quite openly in that moment with Marvez, right. Openly asking Chris, are you sure, you know, are you sure? And it was Jericho who said, yes, we got to do this. We got to fight. Um, I have a feeling that this is, the, 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 we talk about the breadcrumbs. MJF is slowly planting these breadcrumbs where there's going to be sort of that, that Judas, they're going to turn on Jericho. I have a feeling that we're starting to see more and more of that where he's starting to plant the seeds. He's already won over Santana and Ortiz a little bit. You can see yeah. it happening. Yeah, and who know? I mean, we're going to probably get the ultimate swerve of what's going to ultimately happen with this inner circle, and um, still not ready for them to break up because uh, there's just so much talent in this group. And, you know, if you start to spread the wealth throughout the card, then yes, obviously it's better for the whole business and the whole company. And, uh, you know, in this match itself, we got to see kind of Sammy Hager looking like these baby faces. You know, Hager was kind of feeding into the crowd. You know, they worked very well together. But, you know, Sammy really stole the show in terms of um, his performance in the ring. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I tweeted it out that I think we saw a star making performance by Sammy Guevara uh, tonight in the ring, which what he did. And sure enough, Sammy liked it and he knows he knows he is there for it and all supporting it. Um, but I mean, he was featured so much, the high flying and the flips and then the showboating and right off the bat, you know, he came out strong. Oh yeah. Um, and it was unfortunate the way it ended, you know, I really was rooting for Sammy and Hager, which was honestly like the bottom of my list of those three of wanting to win, but they told the story where you want them to win. Um, and so of course I did 
pick, you know, MJF and, and Jericho to win. It just made sense, you know, them being the leaders. Um, maybe there's going to there's going to be some great storytelling down the line. Those guys are so good. So where they go from here, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm sure they'll just kind of essentially kind of be focusing on them. And may, I feel like pushing the rest of the inner circle a little bit away and be like, oh, we're the tag team. We're the focus. We're the focus more than they already are. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think goes from there? This match itself just I wanted 30 minutes out of it. I wanted more time out of it. Yeah. Um, it was definitely an elite. There was a lot of star power in this. And, you know, MJF being the, the coward he is, didn't get a tag till the last like two minutes of the match. Um, and so it very felt rushed finish and you just wanted more, you know, as I was seeing the clock tick down, I'm like, they didn't, st- it was maybe a 12 minute match at most. And I was kind of bummed about that. that Cody match. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah, they could have done that. I-, I feel like for me, um, on this one, SPD, it was like, and you, they, they had so many moments where like the inner circle, that chemistry and how they know each other, they had a lot of little gag moments where it was like, man, they, like they tried to jam so much in such tight time, like the, the dynamite diamond ring, right? Like there were yep. so many little things where, um, you, you wanted to, I agree, give it a little bit more time to flesh this out. Like this is a big match. And like we mm-hmm. talk about, the inner circle, you talk about star power in a group. Yep. There's no other stable in wrestling that has that kind of star power, um, especially in AEW. I mean, this group definitely, they they command respect every time they're on in a segment. They're entertaining. They, they definitely steal the show. I mm-hmm. feel like for me, it's one of those times where I look at it, SPD, it's like, I don't want this team to break up because – there's a fear of what will happen if you spread these guys out right now, you can control it. You have all them on anytime that they're together, they're in a segment, you know, that Santana and Ortiz are going to get FaceTime. You know, Hager is going to have his FaceTime, Sammy breaking them up right now, especially after what I saw tonight, I worry a little bit about what I see out of Santana and Ortiz, right? Like what would happen to them? Um, I was really pulling for Santana Ortiz to win. I'm a tag team guy. I feel like chemistry means something. I feel like that tandem offense, I really wanted them to pull away. And I think that that those guys have, you mentioned Sammy. I feel like I'm getting some more baby face vibes out of Santana oh, yeah. Ortiz too. Oh, okay. So personally, I'm starting to see a little bit more moving in that direction. So I don't know, man. I think that they, the way that this match ended, um, kind of cheating to win yeah. is certainly going to leave the other members of the inner circle a little salty still. Um, it makes me wonder if they're truly going to be like Jericho wanted, they're going to be at peace and they're going to be done. They're going to get it out of their system and go at, and like, I don't know, man, like you lose no, like that. Pissed. Yeah. You <laughs> lose like that. I don't think that you're going to be uh, just accepting it. And I think that that's going to be another situation where Jericho is going to tell him like basically, Accept, accept it. It's over. We won. You know, you win by any right. means necessary. Maybe there's a teaching lesson for these guys or whatever. But I felt like you you nailed it. This was more than anybody in this match. This was a this felt like a Sammy Guevara match. This yeah, felt like good segue because we both picked Sammy as our top performer. And you know, really, just so everyone knows, I don't tell you my top performer. I ask you so I can get these graphics up and running. And I picked Sammy before I asked you yours because I always pick mine ahead of time. So I'm not influenced at all. Mm-hmm. And 
as I was going through this, you know, I had hangman in mind to start and then I was like, okay. And then this match come on and then Sammy's doing some great stuff and then more great stuff, then more great stuff. And I was like, okay, yep. Sammy just really showed some growth and he cut a heck of a promo on dark last night. If you saw that, and he was like, I'm going to hold every belt and this, it doesn't matter who it is, you know, I'm coming for you, Darby or Kenny, you know, and it was great. And he said, Hey, he's the best. And how, you know, He's, it's no secret that he came in here because of Jericho, but but Jericho scouted him. You know, it's not because they're friends. You know, it's his talent is what got him here. And so his promo on Dark, if anyone hasn't seen it, go back and watch Dark on 119 uh, of Sammy Guevara. And he really impressed me tonight, um, which isn't surprising because he's an outstanding worker in the ring. Um, but out of a talent of this caliber match, for him to stand out says a lot. Well said. Yeah, well said. I mean, um, when you have Hall of Famers like Jericho, you have you have everybody's favorite heel like MJF <laughs> match, um, a polished tag team, you know, like Santana Ortiz, and everybody's buzzing about you. Um, you're doing something right. I, I felt like Sammy. This is one of those you know those moments we've we've known that Sammy had potential as far as a babyface on his own, um, and he's had glimpses where he stood up to Jericho Mm -hmm. in the past and things like that. But tonight his promo work in the backstage segment felt natural. It felt good with MJF and the crew. Um, I felt like more than, more than normal. He get, he was given a platform on dynamite to showcase what he's capable of. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't know, man, Sammy's offense has babyface written all over it to me, right? I mean, yeah, it's has top babyface written all over it. It's just like you want to see this guy week in and week out pushing the limits of what he's capable of doing and jo- dropping your jaw in the process. He's just an absolute Spanish god. He's unbelievable as far as his offense. He's, he makes it look easy. Um, and, and I think that even with the way the match ended, as you alluded to, he of all the, the crew was particularly unhappy, particularly pissed off about how mm-hmm. he felt like he got job he got jobbed out of that match. So right. I think that, that that those seeds of dissension in Sammy were watered a little bit more tonight. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely see him being the one who could potentially break away as the babyface leader. I, I agree with you on that. There was an excellent, excellent showing by Sammy. If you don't like SPD said you didn't watch the, the promo on dark, go back and watch that. You missed any of this match tonight. It was fast paced. Like we talked about, they jammed a lot in, in a short mm-hmm. period of time. Please make sure you go back and check that out. Cause Sammy, Sammy showed a lot of his skills were, I mean, this, why so many people believe that Sammy has the potential of being in like we talk, AW does not have a lot of big name baby faces on they their don't. card. Sammy is the type of guy yeah. who in a year in a over the next year here you could see really take another leap another, and I believe the sure. words he says yeah and um as we segue into um the next coming weeks you know here at Dynamite Download we created a number one contender tournament bracket for the tag team titles and I know AEW just announced that they're gonna have a battle royal for that but this is our our fantasy booking of the number one contender uh tournament bracket so we're releasing the first eight teams here and then we're gonna announce the next round winners to um next week on or this Friday the 22nd on Friday Night Flights and Fights 
So you see things like Lucha Brothers, Butcher and Blade, Private Party in there, and Top Flight going back and forth. You know, um, of this list, who do you who really stands out to you? Well, I mean, for me, SPD, I'm I, as the tag team guy. I was so excited when we talked about this concept. I, I I've spent a lot of time trying to rank these and seed them and and try to determine who would be the top overall seed. It's and tough. no matter no matter what no matter what I said or came out of it, FTR came out to me as the number one seed. They are the heavy favorite. If we were doing March Madness, they would be no doubt the number one overall seed. Put that, put chalk all the way to the finals. Those guys are the best <laughs> in the business. Um, so I, I really like that. I thought that we also here at a, you know, we, we did try to make sure that we were cognizant of current storylines and, mm-hmm. and where guys are booked and where they're going. As you saw, we just had private party and top flight in the first round. We saw, we're going to see Lucha brothers and, and butcher and blade going at it in the first round. Yeah. Really heavy first rounds. Um, some heavy hitters. We, we, we looked at who would deserve to be in this tournament based off of, you know, our experience watching dynamite over the, as a team here over the last 18 weeks here and analyzing the content. Um, these, these teams all feel like they're trending in the right direction. They certainly, any of these teams could win, win this tournament and you would feel okay with it. I mean, the acclaimed, yeah, certainly, right. The acclaimed has the wrestling world abuzz right now. We just talked at length about top flight and private party. I mean, we, there's a lot of teams in here that could take this one. Absolutely. And, you know, as we, we know, and the world knows, AEW is one of the most stacked tag divisions. We could have done this with a 32, 32 tag team uh, bracket, but we had to kind of narrow it down to uh, a tournament of eight for, you know, time's sake, but it'll be interesting. And, you know, speaking of interesting, next week's card is, they didn't announce too much, you know, but they do have some great matches we're already looking forward to. You know, um, Jungle Boy versus Dax Harwood, like we talked a little bit about earlier, is going to be a very good showcase of two different styles. And I think, you know, Jungle Boy had some great matches with MJF. He had some great matches, you know, a few months back. We haven't really seen him shine too much because he has got some very good he's very good in the ring, a lot of talent in the ring. So a one on one match with Dax will be very, very fun to watch for sure next week. Yeah, I mean, we talked about Sammy's showcasing him being our top performer because of the ba- like the t- like the, the the potential as a top babyface that yeah. he has. Jack Jungle Boy has the exact same thing. His offense is unbelievable. That's going to be a great match, and you know that my, my man Dax is going to represent. But I think to, you mentioned they didn't announce too much. They really could have just announced this match, and then <laughs> that would have been it. We would have been all in. Um, Lance Archer, the Murderhawk monster, is going to go against the Mad King, Eddie Kingston. Um, you got really a brawler in Kingston who has had not had a lot of luck in his matches of late going against truly a guy who has bur- – I mean, we've talked about it. Since twenty, since we've turned the calendar to 2021, mm-hmm. there are a few people in AEW who are hotter than Lance Archer. This one's going to be a bloodbath, truly going to be a battle. You know these two are going to beat the crap out of each other. Can't wait for that one. That's for sure. And then we'll finally uh, hear from Shaq again. You know, Cody's going to respond to Shaq. I don't know if Shaq's going to be there, but he'll he'll cut some promo. I'm sure it's going to further the storyline with Jade. Um, it could probably turn in some more chaos in or out of the ring somewhere. Um, so it's nice to get that storyline furthered with Cody responding to Shaq. Well, we know. Yeah, we know that, that there are going to be a lot of words between them. But for us, 
we want to see what's going to happen. I think that the story is going to be told in the ring between the Young Bucks and the, and the Good Brothers going against the Dark Order. That, that story, what's going to happen? Can the Good Brothers and the Young Bucks coexist? Um, how is Don Callis going to be involved in this? There's so many storylines going on with that. And really, what, where does Hangman play into all this now after what we saw tonight? I, I, there's so many unanswered questions going into that matchup. Cannot wait for that. I know what, like you just said, are they going to be able to coexist and the dark order take a a much needed win or is dark order going to be back on, you know, on the losing side of things? You know, we talked about January dark order, join dark order, January month. um, And we've, we hope maybe they'll they'll get an upset win because truly they are an underdog here uh, with that. So a, a lot of talent in the ring for sure. And then of course we got beach break in two weeks, which is a huge card ahead of us. Um, but yeah, but once again, you know, last week, if for those who tuned in and watched our Friday night flights and fights, uh, we did a little live streaming on our YouTube and we had Bonds, our writer from AEW Dynamite download on there. And we had a great time. You know, we, we chatted with with the fans, then with, you know, on social, answered you guys' questions. We'll battle some stuff. We're going to reveal the next round of the tag team tournament bracket live on there and we're also going to do a watch along match so stay tuned to that we have a match picked out that we're going to watch along and commentate around it uh ones that we have not seen so it'll be the first time we we see it and um stay tuned for that on our twitter we'll announce that sometime on thursday and friday for that yeah uh, next we're gonna we're gonna introduce kind of more of a free-flowing concept in the into um fights and flights and it's gonna you know i think that's gonna be a really cool thing we were we were going back and forth you know there's so many people on the AEW roster who have burst onto the scene we we really opened up our eyes with thunder rosa that when we were doing our interview with her um looking at her body of work and getting getting prepped for that interview you know it made us open our eyes into seeing there are so many talents out there that have burst onto the scene at AEW that we need to talk about really what they did before they got to this, to this company. Um, and, and you're going to, you're going to want to tune in to Friday night. Um, we're going to, we have a good one in store for you guys. We're going to do a little watch along. We'll, we'll tweet out that um, what match we're going to be showing, uh, what, what match we're going to be watching. And if you guys want to watch along with us, give us your reactions to it. Um, we'll do the same. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, but in order to catch that, you're going to need to follow us on Twitter. You're going to need to follow us and subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you get on there. Check out all the socials. You're going to get on there. Subscribe now on, on YouTube. Twitter, you got AEW Dynamite DL. Instagram, Dynamite Download. SPD is always uh, giving us some great content in there, and we're getting a lot of love on Insta, so keep keep it up. Um, and then you could also check us out on, on Spotify and listen to this podcast streaming there. You won't see our beautiful faces, but you will hear uh, all the great content from this show. Um, and then make sure you check out AEWDynamiteDownload.com. That's where you're going to get Bonds' uh, take on all this stuff. You heard his his big moment of the night. He nailed yeah. it. You, he's got a lot of insight that we are not able to cover. You can just catch it out, catch it in, in written form. So definitely check that out. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us on week 18. We cannot wait to talk to you guys on Friday. Best of luck on the rest of your week. We'll talk to you heading into the weekend.